0: It's been the start of the 2019 fantasy baseball season and I've decided to get back into some podcasts with myself and guests today, no guests, but this is officially season two of the I Don't Have a Life podcast. I like to call it the Idol podcast, driving on home, talking fantasy sports. Sometimes there'll be people here, sometimes they won't be, but uh, I feel it's time to start getting a little bit more content out there for everybody and check in with everything, do some updates on rosters. We have new members and all sorts of stuff like that. So, uh, a few things to touch on today. First of all, we do indeed, like I had mentioned, have a new owner, Matthew, who has taken the Seattle Mariners team and has uh, relocated them to Seattle. Uh, Just kidding. From Seattle to Montreal. So we're going over the border. And I must say I like Matthew's participation in the league so far. He's definitely clearly a baseball fan and he knows his stuff. I do feel a bit badly for him in that his team is horrendous. And it's going to take a lot of patience. I hope he has that patience in him because... That would be very fulfilling, rewarding, whatever other adjective you want to use, if he were able to get that team competitive. He was able to get a couple of gifts, um, one of those being Vidal Brujan, who I immediately regret offering up to him, but he's going to get some, you know, picks coming up here in the future as well. He made some nice picks in the draft. So it's a pleasure to have him on board. I'm just glad we found somebody stupid. I mean, uh, willing enough to take on that Seattle Mariners dumpster fire of a squad. So we'll see. Where is he at right now? I'm looking at the standings. So Matthew's team is 4-20. and Yeah, he's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. There really isn't anything I can say to that. It's going to be eye-opening in terms of things he could do. I mean, he's, he's running a team of poles at first, Ian Kinsler at second, uh, Neil Walker is in his lineup, Alex Gordon, Kevin Pillar, um, Kiermaier having a nice bounce-back season with those beautiful blue eyes. Nice to see Kevin Kiermaier come out. I always believed in Kiermaier and felt that he got undervalued there a ton, and He might, if he's able to stay healthy, I mean, he's a 2020 candidate. He's going to play a lot because of his defense. Uh, That that race team is very exciting. But anyway, welcome to the league, Matthew. I don't know if I've officially welcomed you. If I have, I'm sorry. Uh, But you get a double welcome. I don't think I have, though, if I am uh, being honest. I don't think I've done a podcast since the draft uh, recap, which I think he was part of. So maybe we talked about, I don't know. That was Tom and I going over some stuff I'm sure we probably neglected it but hey we have a full league and for the most part very active um we had a couple of trades go down at the start of the year trade talks being picked up I know I've been uh doing a couple trades myself having shipped out Justin Turner for Tim Anderson and also acquiring a third baseman because that fuckhead Ian Happ decided he wanted to go play in uh, AAA Iowa and not in the big leagues, so I have to stroll out Jameer Candelario out there. I also traded Happ in that deal as well with Justin Turner, so no longer do I have Ian Happ, a guy who I really like, but um, anyway, he's gone. So there is something else too I wanted to mention, and that was a poll That was posted a few days ago in which the majority of the league, I believe, voted and came out to something like 11 to four on the poll. And uh, as I scroll down to find it here, the poll question was seemingly an easy one, I think, for many people. It was, let's add more roster space to the minor leaguers. Uh, Add four each year and continue to do so until you get up to 50 or something like that. So 50 minor league spots for a 16-man league. That's pretty insane, if you ask me. So looking at the results here, 72% voted for that expansion. 27% voted against it. I personally voted against it, and I gave my reason on the site. It's not as simple to me as deeper the league, the better we as a league have overcome some adversity because of teams that fell apart and were a disaster. And we had to have, you know, an owner in Watson moving teams to take out, uh, one of the bad ones and give his team to another owner. And then we had uh, somehow a miracle enough to get Matthew in here to somehow take over the Mariners team and the point is that when you get to a certain point there's just going to be nobody out there to pick up in the minor leagues especially let's not forget that you can keep guys that are in the big leagues in your minors as well so not only can you hide people in the minors that you uh can't drop because you're you are you can You can hide them there you can stash them there for 150 innings or 250 at bats but then also you can pick up prospects we're talking you know i'm going to do some math here it's what five times 16 is what 300 so you're you're talking 300 prospects deep there's just nothing after that like you get out of the top 150 and there's guys that are never going to sniff the big leagues. And of course there's a few that will provide huge value down the line. I'm not saying that's not true, but like how are you supposed to rebuild a team? If let's say your, your team, uh, you know, you're taking over we are going to have to replace owners in the future. Let's just, let's get that out of the way too. But how are you going to replace a team and sell that to another owner when they have no picks because they were all traded? Their older guys are, you know, Pujols, Kinsler type that have very, very little value. And the minor leagues, there's nothing you can find. We're, uh, Brett and I are in another league where we have, uh, what is it, 16-man minor league rosters. And there's still not a lot out there, but you could go get somebody that, you know, is on a top 120 or top 130. I think the other day, uh, no, I'm going to butcher his name, but Noel V... Marte, who I just traded for, by the way, he's of uh, he's available in that other league that I'm in, and he's a good prospect, but he is nowhere near top 100 lists, and he's only high on my list that I use because uh, of the aggressiveness that he he tends to have in his rankings towards young upside players that haven't sniffed like low A yet, <laughs> and. Yeah, sure, I could pick that guy up, and I'm rebuilding in that league, so I'm willing to do it. But those guys are long gone if you start getting... We're at 36-man rosters. That's almost twice as much, more than twice as much. And if we're going to keep expanding that, I, I, I get it. I understand the opposite end of the spectrum here, where you're saying, well, we have four picks every year in our draft, and you have to expand your rosters, and I don't want to lose anybody off of my... But you got. 36 guys, you're going to add four more. Like, that's at a certain point, you got to cut it off in a dynasty league and you got to throw some guys that you may like away. You mean, I don't know about you, but like, if I look at my minor leagues, I could cut 20 guys no problem, not even like think about them ever again. And granted, my minor league system is very, very barren at the moment, but I'm sure most of us in this league, even the rebuilding teams, have five to ten prospects that, you know, if we were forced to drop, we would never really notice that we dropped them in like three years. Like, oh, yeah, that guy never made it past double A. And yet we're trying to fight for those spots. The point is you need to have something available in the free agents. Otherwise, number one, it's going to be difficult to replace owners when inevitably we need to. And as we've seen in the first three years of this league, we've already had to replace owners multiple times each year. It's going to happen. Second, you're going to get a stagnant league where when trading dries up and people are sick of discussing trades, there's going to be no movement because nobody's going to drop anyone ever and there's never going to be anybody to pick up ever and you get a league that just basically starts and ends without any interesting drops or free agent ads. So right now, 36 is insane. Like We're definitely one of the deeper dynasty leagues out there. I listen to a lot of podcasts and they're talking like 15-man benches, 20-man benches in the minors, 25, 30 maybe even, but 36 is starting to get up there. If we get up to 50, like, I love prospects. I love them, but that's just too much, but uh, obviously I'm going to go along with the league, but I wanted people to, I think what happened, and I maybe I'm way off here, but it's like, oh yeah, more prospects equals more chance for me to find the next Vlad Jr., and they all voted, and you know, you voted yes for it, so... I think it's a little bit more complicated with that. Antoine, uh, Anton, Antoine. I still don't know if it's Anton or Anton, uh, uh, Texas Rangers, uh, <laughs> kind of agreed with me too. like, we need something in the free agent pool. Like you want to look at your list and be like, oh yeah, Hey, my, my guy just updated his list and he has so-and-so moved up 50 spots and he's still available. Let me pick up this guy and you know, before everybody else. But it just won't happen. So anyway, that's a little bit of a uh, ramble there. And I do apologize. So let's get back into some fantasy things. Uh, Some fantasy surprises, both in our league and perhaps in real life. Oh, you know what? I'm going to take that back. I'm going to go on another rant. And (laughs) that was opening week. Okay. First of all, that Japanese series is ridiculous. I should not be punished because I don't want Seattle Mariners or Oakland Athletic players, which most of them are not very fantasy friendly. There's a few for sure. But just because you happen to have some, you get this like two game advantage, which becomes huge because then opening day starts on Thursday. And guess what? More than half of the teams had Friday off too. So it was a three game week and it knocked me down to four and eight because of three games where I didn't have any Mariners or athletics, and he did, so he got a leg up, and I'm not complaining, but I'm complaining very, very much about that, it should definitely be a week and a half opening day week, like, it's just, that's crazy to me, that I'm down four to eight in this uh, season where I'm trying to be super competitive, and it was simply because two or three days where, by the way, are still glorified spring training games. It's not like your aces are going complete game shutout or eight innings over five hits and two runs. Like they're coming out in the fifth after a hundred pitches, sometimes even earlier than that, or guys like Mark Fultonevich, I'm sorry to use Braves examples, but they're not quite ready. So they're in the minors. There's no way our opening week needs to be three games long which is what it ended up being. So I think we definitely need to change that. I'm sure we're going to forget because you probably already forgot about the first opening week. But, man, it, it put me into a hole. And it, it's just frustrating. And, you know, it, it'll all even out in the long run. Like, if my team's shitty, like, that 4-8 and eight start's not going to be the end of the world. And if it's a good – if I have a good team, that 4-8 and eight start's not going to be getting in my way. But still, man, what a – it's an anticlimactic way to start the season because we wait all year to get going and then bam i'm down four to eight and it's fucking sunday night and i'm like what the hell i'm done this is over i, I just lost all- the opening week has been pointless plus my braves went and got destroyed by the phillies that didn't help either so but uh i'm not bitter about that So, let's take a look at some of the surprises here. Um, One team I want to point out doing really, really well are the San Francisco Giants. That's Tom, our last guest here. And his timeline is getting pushed up pretty rapidly. He's, you know, you, you think of the Giants, at least I have... In our league, as a team that's rebuilding, if I wanted to, you know, add a position, I look on his team for some older players, and I offer him some prospects, and bada bing, bada boom, I got my guy, and he's rebuilding. But the rebuild's done; it's now in the next phase, like the ascension phase, because this lineup's pretty gnarly, minus the catching position, which was uh, Russell Martin, um, who is now on the IL. Uh, He had Muncie at first, Cesar Hernandez at second, Rendon at third, Kingery, Altuve up the middle, Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, Peralta, to go along with some very intriguing pitching, if I can press the pitching button here, uh, which is Walker Bueller, Felipe Vasquez, Chris Paddock who came up, Jack Flaherty who I love, Uh, Shane Bieber, who I'm in love with as well. Pablo Lopez. Like, holy crap, this team is competitive. And, well, it may not be enough to take down the defending champ Padres. Like, this team's really, really good. And it's only going to keep getting reinforced as the season progresses. So, it'll be interesting to see what he chooses to do. Like, is he just going to be happy that, you know, Chris Paddock came up probably, like, five months sooner than I would have expected? And... You know, does he go for it? Does he make some trades? Does he get rid of some of those prospects? Does he hold course? That's going to be a really interesting storyline to follow throughout the year, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he's able to do. Um, another team that's, you know, a little um, interesting to say the least are uh, the Blue Jays and the Yankees there in the AL East. Uh, of course, the Yankees went very, very far last year into the playoffs, but the Blue Jays are a team that I kind of always. Uh, look over and off to a 16 and 7 start and again just getting guys that you know other people seemingly kind of cast off I know this is the case for CJ Crone where I picked him up for a while well like I, I believe Freeman was out or somebody was out and I just needed to get by and then I was like hey I, you know I'll give him to you for nothing and then all of a sudden bam Crone turned hit you know 30 home runs and now he's off their 280 start Um, not a huge great start, but, you know, Michael Franco is a guy that I know the Yankees were always trying to get rid of, and, uh, you know, so the the interesting team, Jonathan Villar is another guy that I think got passed on a a couple times by some teams, Justin Smoke is a guy, you know, so he's got a deep team, he's off to a great start, I I gotta look at the matchups and see who he played, uh, which I don't really want to do while I'm driving right now, but, you know, that's a good start. He's got to, that's going to be a good battle. I think the, the Devil Rays are kind of off to a disappointing start. I think they'd tell you that they would hope to get off to a better than an 8-15 and record. But, you know, that, that Keuchel trade I made with him, almost, you know, put him back a little bit. That was the Keuchel and Jake Lamb trade for Justin Turner. Not that Justin Turner's been lighting it up, but, you know, Keuchel hasn't signed, and uh, Jake Lamb kind of off to a slow start. But 8-15, a little disappointing. You have the teams, you know, that are rebuilding. The Red Sox are 6-17. That's not really a surprise. The Expos, like I said, were 4-20. The Angels at 5-18. Those are the rebuilding teams in the league. The teams you expect to be on top, like the Padres and the Rangers, are up on top. The Oakland A's making a nice little push at 13-10 to start the year. They seem to be off to a good start. Peter Alonzo is crushing the baseball. It's good to see. I'm going to click over here to the power rankings and kind of go over what we have here. Not much different than what you would probably expect. The Padres still remain at the top spot. We have the Yankees at number two, the Philadelphia Phillies, who took advantage of that three-game week and crushed me eight to four, got them off to number three, according to the power rankings. The Blue Jays coming in at number four. uh, Very good showing for them again power rankings agree with that they have my team the Atlanta Braves at number five the Rangers at number uh actually tied for five but since they're below me in the power rankings I'm going to give them sixth uh the Oakland A's at seventh and the San Francisco Giants sneak in at eight so according to this ESPN arbitrary power ranking system those are your eight playoff teams I believe we have eight playoff teams I might be making that up where well, we have two division winners two wild cards right four I think that's right. So uh, there you go. And this this is close. I think the Cubs are pretty, uh, you know, are lower than they would like to be. I think they're a competitive team. I think the Dodgers are a competitive team. They're just missing a few things. I know the Dodgers team; they really could use some pitching. Their bench is just like one. I see one, two, three, four, five man bench. Plus Jed Lowry, who is going to be on the bench if he comes off the IL. That's a that's a big bench. And then when I look at the pitching staff. Uh, That was a weird word. I just said staff. Is that another accent coming out? I don't know. But, uh, you know, we have five pitchers on the bench. And to me, in a league like this, like, five pitching guys on the bench and seven to six on your uh, offensive side of the bench is is a little awkward and probably why he's losing some of those pitching categories. Like, you're not going to have strikeouts. You're not going to have quality starts. You're not going to have wins. You're losing on those three categories, plus, even if you have really great bench guys, there's you can't get those stats, you know. So, they're hitting five home runs, but they're on your bench, and the guy you put in for him is 0 for 8 with you know zero uh, anything. And uh, it's hard to know which you know during the week which one's going to happen. So, anyway, that's that might be an explanation a little bit. I think he needs to be a little aggressive and see what's out there in terms of pitching, even if he loses a deal, like if he does. Uh, let's. I mean, let's just see what what he might be able to do. You want to go from a position of strength, right? So he's got a bunch of you know speed out there. He's got a Michael Taylor. He's got uh, Jackie Bradley, Goodwin, Hamilton, Fam. Uh, all those guys are capable of stealing a base. So I would probably try to maybe Fam's a good one. Off to an incredible start. He's getting some notoriety with his on base streak. You know, go out and lose a deal, get like two to three average starters. A guy like uh, a guy I just traded for, actually, Rick Porcello, would be a good guy. You know, you wouldn't do Porcello for Fam straight up, like that's not enough for Fam. But if you added Porcello and like Marcus Stroman, if we're just using guys from my team, like two very average to maybe slightly above, you know, they're gonna go out there. You know, they're gonna post a lot of quality starts. You may not really like that trade. You're probably losing that trade, but. You're adding some depth into your pitching rotation. So, those are the types of deals. I don't expect him to make it like this week, but if it continues on for the rest of, let's say, April, May, and all of a sudden he's, you know, 10 to 15 games under 500, that's a move you just do, or it's time to rebuild. Like, you got to make that decision. And, uh, you know, so. Hey, we got a live trade offer. Da, 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 da. We're gonna play some music today. Oh, no, that's a commercial. That's not good. I thought that would be a lot cooler. But we do have a live trade offer. I wonder who it's from. Take your guesses on who it's who it's from. This is really anticlimactic because it's nothing exciting. It's actually from the Padres, and uh, we had a little controversy here today. Uh, we were both adding the same guy at the same time, but he wasn't in the system. And so he was going on to add the guy or ask to be uh, asked to add the guy. As he was doing that, I was literally adding the guy to my team through my commissioner powers. And I think he posted it like literally three minutes before I did. I never even saw it. I was in the, you know, in the screen to do that. So I guess technically he beat me to it, I guess. But the next time something like this happens, I think it's like possession arrow pointing my way, Ryan. So, I think I get the next Michael Grove. So, anyway, that trade uh, offer, not as exciting. I have got a bunch of trade offers from the A's. If you want, I could pre- I could pretend that that was one of the offers that come in. But uh, I feel like I'd be lying to you guys anyway. So, um, anyway, let's get back to what we were talking about here. Uh, you know what? You, I seem to forget this every year, too. And that's some of these guys that come up and seemingly out of nowhere are just really, really good, and for instance, a guy on my team, and again, I, I, you know, I'm following my team the most, but I'll try to look through some of the other guys that I can see here, but he just went today, um, I don't even think I could pronounce his name, and I had never heard of him before this year, I just saw that he was starting for the Padres, his name is Nick vicious and he, he now is going to be 2-0. and no, 1-1 one one today with, uh, he has like a 1.69 ERA. He's 22 years old, and he's on the Padres. And I just picked him up like two weeks ago. Okay, cool. Like, what the heck? How did that, how did that slip through the cracks? Who is that guy? I don't even know what he throws. Like, I don't even know what he looks like. I couldn't even tell you if he was a righty, or I'm pretty sure he's a righty. But I couldn't even tell you if he's a right-handed pitcher or a left-handed pitcher. And I freaking have literally been on a baseball website Every day the whole offseason looking up young guys for the new season. It's just crazy how those guys um, come out of nowhere. Another guy, if you look the team that really does a good job of this is the athletics in our league, Ryan Watson. He picks up guys that are like have one good game and in case they get hot. So uh like Hanser Alberto on Baltimore, right? He's batting uh, 391 and 23 at bats, and it's like, what the h-? hands are Albert? How are you guys doing this? Like, it's crazy. So, uh, a couple other guys off to horrendous starts uh, this year. Fantasy friendly or not, I don't think anybody even has him. But uh, in case you missed it, Chris Davis—not the Athletics Chris Davis, but the Baltimore Orioles Chris Davis—is on a streak of over for 49. <laughs> so he's gone 49 straight at bats without a hit And that set a major league record So it stems from last year He actually had like 20 or so at bats to end the season without a hit Then he started o for 26 or something to start the year So he's literally o for almost 50 on the year So if he were to go 50 for his next 50 It would raise his, you know, he, he would be only at 500 Which is crazy, you know If you did that for anybody else in the league, their average would be like in the 800s, right? If you went 50 for your next 50. Even if he hits like 500 for his next 50 at-bats, he's still at 250. That's how bad over 49 is. Um, Another guy, Ian Desmond, is off to a horrific start, uh, at least on my team. And I kind of hate him right now. (laughs) But I'm sure... uh, you know, you you have guys on your team that are really frustrating to you. I I just remember that you take a look at the guys who are having huge Aprils and how low the percentage is of those players that keep it up through the whole year and vice versa. If, you know, this was happening in the middle of the season, you wouldn't even blink twice. You'd be like, oh, man, he's in a big – he's in a little slump. But at the beginning of the year when your guy's hitting like 0.72 and you see it, and you're just like, oh, that's so ugly. What is happening? And then all of a sudden, you want to trade him and you make ridiculous things. Like Tim Anderson, the dude is hitting 500 and he's stealing a base every day. Do I think he's going to do that all year? No. There's going to be a, a part of the year where that 500 is going to plummet and get to that, you know, 230, 240 range that Tim Anderson is likely to hit most of the year. And when that happens in June or July, I'm not even going to notice it, but if it were to happen at the beginning of the year in April, you just panic, right? And so, it's it's hard to avoid that. I don't think we have too many. I mean, obviously, you guys know that. I, I think I'm kind of saying the obvious here, but most people uh, in this league are not panicking. I haven't seen many panic trades. Um, as I look through the league fee, uh, league feed just to see if anything else is interesting, I think we're going to keep this podcast. Relatively short, just to uh, you know, try to get this going on Wednesdays or Fridays or something, uh, every maybe every week, every other week, and try to get some stuff going. I don't want to spend so much time on stuff, but I felt like there were some few things I wanted to talk about there. We had the new owner we had to uh, welcome in, and we'll, we'll talk about some other stuff next week. We'll try to get a guest on, see what's up, but anyway, I think that's gonna just about do it for today. Hope you enjoyed it. Just a quick you know, thirty-minute podcast on your way to work, and hopefully you uh, you like what you hear, and that's about it. All right, guys, so glad baseball season's back. Keep it going, everyone. Keep those trades going, and uh, we'll see you later. Peace. Oh.